This week, Vince Land gave us over eight hours of miserable nonsense. And we're going to discuss none of it! We're talking NWA, AEW, and NXT on the most posy podcast in plurifestral wrestling. All this and more tonight on Heel Alternative. Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, October 9th, 2019, and welcome to episode two of Heel Alternative, ProWrestling.Cool's podcast for AEW, NXT, and the wide world of wrestling outside Vince's purview. I'm your host, John Garrick, Skim Axel, heck of a show for y'all tonight, and let's just na- let's just waste no time, get right on into it. I am, of course, joined by Trace Evans. Hey, how's it going, John? Hey, and Oscar Bernard. Hey, how's it going, John Rad? I'm, you know, living my life. Who's John Rad? You, you introduced me as Comrade. You're John Rad. It's a pun. This plays. This plays. <coughs> oh, oh, the dad joke is choking him. He's he's dying. We get him out of here. Oh, he he can't take the dad jokes. He's choking. Well, oh. that's what happens when you try to fly too close to the sun and dad joke it up. I mean, carefully, chorus. <laughs> but it's all good because hey, we're back here once again on the most positive podcast in the world of professional wrestling, having a great time here on Heel Alternative. Somehow they let us do a second episode, and so we're here again. That's right; Just, they can't stop us now. It's because this means it's less work that Oda has to do. <laughs> it's true, and I mean, really, when you think about it, we're excited to be here talking about the latest AEW episode, the new NXT, other stuff that happened that's wild, and like, really, when you think about it. We're just getting started. Yeah. Wait, Sorry, wait, I just had to... Is, is that a reference to something? I have no idea what you're talking about here. I mean, before we get into the show, though, uh, there's a couple things that we do need to discuss. I mean, it's hard to not talk about the fact that we now live in a post-Joker world. The gamers have risen up. They are taking down the Chads, taking all the Veronicas for themselves. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, we're just, we're living in such a society now. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? Ooh, a little bit of the society. Gavaras rise up. Goddamn both of you. (laughs) I I haven't seen the movie. Also, oh, that was a Kenny Omega reference. Gotcha. Okay. Who's that? Never heard of him. Me neither. Oscar, you've seen it though, right? Joe, I've seen it twice now. Really? So have I. I saw it opening. I saw it on the Thursday before it opened in seventy mil. Ooh, fancy! And then I saw it this morning in uh, Ultra AVX. So what is the what's the difference between those two? I because I just saw it at like the Alamo Draft House and the Nighthawk Cinema and whatever format they are showing there. Uh, Ultra AVX is related to sound more so, like it's like Dolby Atmos sound. The uh, 70mm is showing it in the actual 70mm film that it was filmed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I, yeah. I didn't even know it was made on 70mm, that's great. 
Well, because it's in IMAX, so mm. the IMAX stuff is able to be shown in 70 mil. So I take it you enjoy this film, then. It's so fucking good. God, like, I, I mean, look, does it have some problems with it? Maybe. Yo, but- I'm gonna just say it right now. Yo, this movie's dumb as fuck. It, like, it feels like it's trying to have it's basically one of those things where it's like it's wants to have a message and tries to say stuff but also wants to have its you know it wants to have its cake and eat it too and be like oh i don't have any politics i'm not saying anything while also like sort of saying some shit and doesn't want to commit to it uh and that pisses me off and like there's some like weird scenes that don't really make sense all that said when you accept that it is a you know film that has problems and uh is kind of silly in some places and maybe it would be better if it did didn't like have some of the things that tie into the universe at large uh i would say yo joaquin phoenix is fucking great in that and like just the fucking cinematography is absolutely beautiful like that is, that movie is real fun am i, am I allowed to have to, to say some joker spoilers in here you gotta run that by trace um, I don't really care. I don't believe in movies anymore ever since I saw the Rollerball remake, so I'm not going to see it. <laughs> hey, I Paul, saw that in theaters. Paul, Paul me too. That. Ugh, that hurt me. Yeah. Remember that fucking scene that's in night vision for like 10 minutes and yes! it's terrible? Oh <laughs> my god. do that? Um, there were some filming issues and that's the only way they could salvage the cut is what I've heard afterwards, but it still fucking sucked. I blame Paul Heyman for this. Yes, it's absolutely his fault. Oscar, what are your spoilers? Uh, you know, just just Joker almost feels like the equivalent of Joker going on the Murray Franklin show in his clown costume saying, I don't believe in any politics, when obviously he fucking agrees with the chaos that's going on in the city in his name. And also, and also in that entire scene goes on a rant about how, like, you know... Fucking social services and all these things have completely abandoned people like him and, like, you know, you get what you deserve when these people, like, go fucking beast mode because, like, you've completely forgotten about them and lost them. Like, there is an actual... Like, he basically says we live in a society. But but also, though, everything Joker does is almost totally his fault. Like, everything that happens to him is kind of all his fault because he had a job, he had he was in therapy, like... The dude had a The dude had an actual system, and he's the one that made the conscientious decision. No, the system's gonna fail me. I mean, the system literally did fail him. He lost his social services because of you know budget cuts. Yes, but I mean, as far as like, he's the one that made the choice to go off his meds. He lost his job because he couldn't get his meds anymore. Remember, he literally asked. The, the social worker, where am I going to get my meds now? And to which she replies, I'm sorry. But he also said, he also said that he stopped taking his medication. Yeah, but like, he's crazy. Yes. That doesn't excuse him being a homicidal maniac. Of course it doesn't excuse him being a homicidal maniac. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that yeah. like, I, I feel like you're, the problem here is like, yeah, it's exactly that, and I, I think that, like, that to me is part of the problem here, if I think the message is a little bit confused, because it is, like, in a lot of ways, yes, he is a completely failed by the system, and all these things, and failed by all these things, and co- especially, like, when we discover things about, like, his childhood 
that are really fucking dark. But, like, they also... Yeah, he's also a crazy, psychotic murderer, and, like, that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the system failed him. It almost feels like he's using the system as an excuse, which I think is of compelling character in and of itself. Yeah. Joker's really good. Joaquin Phoenix should win an Oscar. Joaquin Phoenix is fucking excellent in that film and is a fucking tour de force. I don't know if I'd say that movie is, like, really, really good, but, like, I can't stop thinking about it as much as I want to. And that's gotta account for something. I mean, I feel like the last time I really had a film like that was, like, Schenectady, New York, and, like, I fucking hated that the first time I saw that. Have have y'all ever seen that one? Nope. Nope. Uh, it's a Charlie Kaufman directed it. Um, Phil oh, okay. Seymour Hoffman. It is a complete and utter mind fuck. It is incredible. Uh, hot take. Speak- yeah. Hot, hot take. Walking Phoenix is a better Joker than Heath Ledger. Huh. Well. Um, I I don't know that. I, look, I haven't seen Dark Knight in a while, so I'm not sure if I'm willing to go there. But like. I'd say it's also very different Joker. Yes. And I, um, but I definitely appreciate the, the take that he puts on it. Yeah. I would I would like to see him in more movies. Yeah, and I'd like to see that. Give me even though it would imply that Batman's beating up a geriatric, give me give me Robert Pattinson versus Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, like, how old is Batman supposed to... Bruce Wayne supposed to be in this fucking movie? Like, 12, I think. Alright. I mean, then it's only, like, you know, really 12, 13 years later that he becomes Batman. I mean, also, and this is maybe getting into some more heavy Joker spoilers, but... Do we even know that this story was set in the fucking 19... Or this shit happened in the 80s, and it's not just him just making all this shit up to his therapist in the mental hospital? We don't. There's a lot of things we don't know. Which is part of what makes this film interesting. You know what else, you know what else we don't know? What's that, Oscar? You know, we don't know a lot about Jay and Silent Bob. And, uh, it's true! <laughs> that's that's actually, really not true. That's not true at all. What the fuck am I saying? We know segue. a lot about fucking Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> and I'm glad that you're, you're saying what I know what you're saying, which is, let's actually talk about wrestling and talk about <laughs> the most important thing that happened this week. Yeah, we could talk about like how AEW beat NXT in the ratings. Yeah, we could talk about all the sh- other shit that happened this week. But let's yeah. get to the real important stuff. Jay and Silent Bob got banned from SmackDown. That is completely outrageous, and yet, I can see why. But also, like, how fucking petty is it? It's like, oh, you can't go on Jimmy Fallon because you went on James Corden to promote your movie. This is WWE we're talking about here. I know it's they are, WWE. They're petty as fuck. Yeah, for those who don't know, it's not that they were actually banned as so much as... Uh, Basically, they were they were scheduled to appear on SmackDown on the the first SmackDown on Fox's week, as you know, like a celebrity guest appearance. Yep. Uh, however, since they also appeared on uh, AEW Dynamite's first episode uh, this week, WWE was like, actually, no, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's they're right, but they still look petty as fuck for doing it. Yep, pretty much. You know, it's dumb as shit. Yep. 
I just want to know which company is going to be the one that finally gives Jane Silent Bob a match. Um, you know what? I think I know which one that is, which uh, could just dive us right into our next topic. GCW, let's go. Oh, shit, actually, you're right, it is GCW, fuck. What about They'll fight G- the Invisible Man and Invisible Stan. Uh, wait a minute, Invisible Man is dead. What? Give me out. The Invisible Man died. <gasps> I can't believe... They, they released an honorary action figure of him, but he's passed away. Oh my god, I had no idea! Yeah. yeah Give me um, out, what about JCW? Uh, I mean, shit. If they can withstand Juggalos, hell yeah, they can probably uh, run with Hatchet Man. I, I honestly want... didn't even know that JCW was a going concern. I finally uh, want the dream match of Jane Silent Bob versus the Insane Clown Posse at the Gathering. Oh, Jesus. I hate I, to say it, but I would actually watch the shit out of that. I yeah. would too, but I feel like Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes actually have to go some real bad shit first for that to happen. Fuck you, Juggalos are respectable people and are not a gang. I, I'm not saying Juggalos aren't. I'm just saying JCW might be not that respectable. Juggalos are our last line of defense against Nazis. Also fair, but JCW is a whole... Front, they are the front-line soldiers in the war against the fascists. This is true, but JCW... all Juggalos, let's go. Yeah, ju- Juggalos Championship Wrestling might be kind of right down there with IWA Mississippi. Is IWA Mississippi the one that, like, all yes. the famous people came yes. from? Um, escaped, probably more so, but... Almost died in. Yeah. The ones that come out and say, holy shit, the Rottens are really fucking awful people. Yeah, sure Axel Rotten sure seems like a real cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got me my first break, and I'm glad I'm out of there. I, I, will, I will also say this. AEW needs to have ICP in for a match. Uh, I don't know about that one, pal. Hear me out. ICP have had matches in ECW, WWF, WCW, NWA, Ring of Honor, TNA. They need to continue on to randomly appear at the beginning of new upstart wrestling companies. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Oscar, because you watched a brand new YouTube-based television show of a new old wrestling company. Yes. Old wrestling company under new management. Uh, So I've actually been following the Billy Corgan rebranding of the NWA ever since he left Impact. Um, When he announced that he was doing the NWA stuff, it was super interesting to me, and... Dude is serious about what he's doing. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have been following anything to do with NWA. Not much, really. A little bit, like, just out of curiosity, but, you know. Um, I mean, it's look, you're going to pique my interest when you, when you show Marty Skrull in the Crockett Cup. Uh, the 10 Pounds of Gold series they had on YouTube was really good. And yeah. made me really care about the modern state of the NWA championship. Um, I'm very into Nick Aldis. I think Nick Aldis is like the most solid thing they've got going for NWA right now. Like See, that dude is a my, treasure. That's kind of my problem. Is I I accept that Nick Aldis is very talented, but I I just don't care at all. 
So I watched I watched the first episode of Power with three R's. I watched a little bit too. The three R's is <coughs> very strange. What the fuck is going on there? Especially because they don't say it with they don't draw out the R's. So what the hell? It's probably for trademark. Mm-hmm. Good point. Also so because is... also because I bet if you look up NWA Power on YouTube, you just get a bunch of mislabeled Kanye songs. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! I hate the fact that that's probably right. No, God it's definitely damn. right. I don't uh, need to even look that up to confirm that's right. I, I just I'm really now amused at the idea that you know going down fifty. Let's say 50, 75 years down the road, there's going to be somebody with a wrestling show. It's called, like, Power 146, because there's 145 other powers ahead of him. And they just got used to the idea that, yeah, we can't have this many trailing R's at this point. (laughs) Um, At at some point, it's like, well, your cat just stood on your keyboard's R, didn't they? No, no, we just want to try and submit that for a trademark. Weird. But But what I'll say is that NWA Power is unlike really anything else that's going on in wrestling and ironically that old school feel with studio wrestling and squash matches feels so different than anything else that's going on in wrestling and it's just fun and it's also such a weird striking look like it definitely like you said it looks like completely different from everything else like it doesn't have like you know i guess you could say that maybe nxt is kind of like the closest thing to that. But even currently. NXT still has the polish. Exactly. Like, NXT has, like, the pomp and the circumstance. NXT doesn't have, like, just... You see a shot that's just like, oh, here's a fucking curtain that, like, the two commentators are sitting in front of. Um, like, I'm gonna liberally rip this comment off from something I think I read on YouTube, but they were, like, two mullets away from just looking like this was something from 1987. Oh, God, yeah, especially with that ring. Um, I don't know if you watched... Sorry, go Mm -hmm. ahead. No, go ahead. I don't know if you watched far enough into it to see the commercial for Austin Idol's wrestling company. I didn't. Okay, you're you're a fan of Tim and Eric, right? Yeah. I suggest watching... On Cinema Season 11, it's wonderful. I would suggest watching the commercial for Austin Idol's wrestling company. Oh, my God. Okay. It... I really appreciate the fact that we are in this generation now of marketers that have grown up watching Tim and Eric and are fucking applying that, but for real shit now. Look, I I don't want to get into it too much, but like I will say that I actually completely disagree with you. I think that like the fact that Tim and Eric was basically just making of like the fun of the weird kind of just uh, detachment and just like uncanny valley of like watching advertisements and infomercials and all this like weird late night p- public access programming. And then people like have picked up on that and are just like making their actual ads weird and creepy in that exact way that they played up for comedy. Just we're in hell. <laughs> we are in hell. We are but... in absolute hell. Yes. We are in hell, but you know what? This is the least hellish part of the hell we're in. What, Billy Corgan's NWA <laughs> show? Uh, I mean, Billy- I don't know about that. Like, the, yeah. the 10 or 15 minutes I watched of that show, I watched, like, the, the opening interview with Billy with Billy Corgan, with Nick Aldis at the, the podium, which actually I thought was pretty cool and interesting, and having, like, that crowd there cheering is pretty neat. 
I appreciate. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that all the promos feel like they were done on cocaine. Oh, Harley Race promos, gotcha. This is so old. Like this is this is really good. Yeah, like all it's all of the camera angles they do, all of the shots. Like I, I will say, actually, like I think that admittedly some of the camera work could be a lot better. Like it's not, it's. It's too zoomed in in a lot of places. Like you don't get like a good view of some of the action, okay. especially because they're because like they're showing the ring from like a certain angle where it's like they'll show the bottom of the ring because they want to show all that NWA skirt. But like people, you hold up someone in like a vertical suplex and some of their bodies being cut off. Gotcha. But again, though, I will in general say that I appreciate the fact that Billy Corgan seems to be very serious and knows enough like like Billy Corgan's not just some money dude that's coming that's like I'm gonna do this wrestling thing it's like no he's taking it seriously and does seem to genuinely really care about the history of the NWA yeah it's that's definitely something that shows there and just like the way that like the the exact care that they put into making the show and just making it feel like authentic and just like that classic old thing. Like it's definitely like it's really striking and interesting, like definitely in a weird way, like a different way from like something like, you know, that weird capital wrestling show that I talk about sometimes. But like similarly, like there's a, a weird just like, I don't know, it's completely distinct by being just like old. Also, the fucking docking theme song is fucking great. Yeah, that theme song's actually fucking hype. Um, but yeah, like, I remember at All In, the NWA was a huge part of that, and that Cody-Nick Aldis match was, like, the big match on that show. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean... Like, like All In definitely, like... Like, the NWA stuff at All In was definitely really good. Well, that's kind of also because it was the only title they really could defend there. Yeah. Yeah, but they made it seem really important. Well, they had the Ring of Honor championship when Jay Lethal was uh, was uh, Black Machismo. Yeah, did you really think it was going to change hands, though, at that event? I didn't know enough about Ring of Honor to really say... Yeah, it, it just... There's and certain it especially titles... wasn't going to switch hands to flip. Yeah, it's that would have been a really weird time to change a title on a to say, hey, yeah, we changed our Ring of Honor title on a non Ring of Honor show. I mean, that's, it was basically that's, a Ring of Honor show. It was basically a Ring of Honor show, yes, but also, yeah, you can't really get away with it. That's kind of like a Diesel beating Bob Backlund in seven seconds at a house show. That would have been a fuck you. We're changing the belt. Yeah. But anyway, Oscar, yeah. you gonna keep watching this show? Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it interesting. It. Yeah, no, I've been I've been enjoying it. Cool. All right. And, so, but you know, yeah. there's something else going on on YouTube on Tuesdays as well. Yeah, so I hear. In fact, AEW they're making shit happen. They launched a whole new show on top of the new show they already launched. It's kind of a really fucking brilliant thing, in my opinion. No, it's incredibly smart. Like, it's a great use of, like, you know... Look, 
you can't just sell people like two hours of of like a wrestling show. Like you well, gotta well, give them well, more you stuff. Can like that. if you're SmackDown on Fox. <laughs> well, no. that's the thing though. Is that let's get into this. When you've gone to, and maybe they've changed this now. In fact, I think they have in a couple cases. But it used to be, when I was growing up, if you went to Raw or SmackDown, you got those two hours and maybe a dark match or two that sucked shit beforehand. And But you got those two hours of programming for anything decent, and that was it. And that was done. Like, with all the commercial breaks and everything. And you kind of accepted it. Which, nowadays, I think fans are a little smarter than that. They want... A proper full card. If I'm going to go to an event, I don't want to just spend two hours there for five matches. I would like to get a couple cool matches on the side that maybe aren't as time restricted. Other than obviously beforehand, you kind of got to get that match over with before the show starts. But you know, you need to give a few more extra matches so that the fans feel like they got their money's worth out of paying for those seats. I'm going to and say. And like the way that like WWE currently does that is you know they they'll do like hey you come to Raw and then before Raw they'll film fucking main event which yeah that show's great yeah exactly that's the thing is all these shows before that they film with it or whatever they're always the throwaway shows that you know you're not going to get a good match from and here well, I if feel you like- do it's something that won't have any stakes say for example two hundred five live yeah exactly two hundred five lives a really good example of that. But you know what? You he, know what else I'll say, just on your point too, about why I think dark matches and all that stuff has become more prevalent. Because you know who else probably doesn't want the show to be done in two hours and say finish at eight p.m. on a Friday night, and that's the fucking stadium that now can't sell concessions. That's probably fair. Like, You're not like, wrong. Like, that's the whole thing. By having that extra hour of matches, that's an extra hour of concession sales for the stadium. Or arena. I'm, sh- I'm sure that helps him get in some doors that they otherwise are probably having some trouble getting into because of a certain WWE conglomerate. Well, I mean, but there's also kind of those rumors about Staples Center being pissed off at SmackDown only being mm-hmm. two hours long and not having anything else for the people in the arena. I mean, yeah. they did kind of promise the 205 Live was going to happen, and then that day just be like, psych! You know, yeah. they also promised The Undertaker and Stone Cold. Oh, eek, And Sting, eek. don't forget him. I, I forgot about Sting. That's, hey. that's not this show. That's the other, <laughs> that's the bad place. Hey, he was on the blue carpet. Oh, I heard Owen defend that. I I have this no. Is, this is this is a discussion for the bad place. Yeah, I, I don't I'm want not to talk allowed about... on that one. Yeah, well, you know what? Good, Probably feel first... lucky. I'm yeah. sad that I have to go back there still. <laughs> I'm I'm legit getting angry because I feel like Owen's trying to drag me into the bad place. Some of the talk and stuff like that. He's trying to drag us down from our good positive vibe place here in the alternative. Um, but gotta yeah. keep it plur. We gotta keep it professional. Uh, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna plur it up here. God tell tell me more. Just tell me about AEW Dark. So what's what's going AEW on with that? AEW Dark is just, it's really bare bones in the way they do it, I think. And I, I actually kind of really like it. They just have that control center, that whole green room area that Tony Schiavone stands in for, like, the road to AEW stuff or whatever. And he's just introducing these matches, and he's just saying, you know, these things, just building up almost as if it were, like, an old-school Saturday morning superstars or something like that. And... You know, something like that where, you know, it's like you know, Todd, not, whatever the hell's name is, Penhallow or whatever. I don't know. Give, I don't give a crap what their names were. But 
it, it's it's kind of kind of studio, and then just throw right to a match, and it's you know maybe all the commentators, maybe two of them, maybe one walked off for a bathroom break or something like that, but they're just calling it and they're being more casual about it. But yet, the thing I really like about this, that aside, like you could put some throwaway matches in there, you could put some stupid matches. They're still giving their all in these goddamn matches. Like the first match in AEW Dark is Darby Allen versus Shima. And this and, is the one that I watched a little bit of, and god yeah, damn was it here. exciting. Yeah, and it's like, they're not letting up. It's like, this is all the people who didn't get a chance to be on the TV show, So, but this is their one match a week, usually. So they're going to still put it out there. And those two put it out there. That's an outstanding match. And, I mean, yeah, it's only seven minutes, but still, I mean, it's like you're not expecting it to go for... You're not expecting from a show called AEW Dark about dark matches to have 20 to 30 minute spectaculars. Yeah. But you're still oh, getting... But, but all the best Darby Allen matches are ones that go on for over 20 minutes. I'm not sure anybody in Seattle would even back that up. No, that, I mean, that's just a fucking... Because of Fighter Fest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I awesome. understood the reference. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. But, yeah, no, it's... I did see... Uh, Darby Allen's last match here in Defy in Seattle, and yeah, you could tell he was saving himself for AEW. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I mean, I can see why, considering the stuff that he's done in the past two weeks. Yeah, no shit! He's really put his ass out there with throwing his body everywhere. It's fucking awesome. And he did a lot of that with Shima on what otherwise we didn't think was going to be a televised match. Then there's three really good tag matches all throughout. I didn't catch him all the way through. I'm not going to say the whole... Well, I heard him. They sounded really good. But I did catch the finishes, the opens, and everything. Who and, was in him? Uh, well, so, first one was, like, it was two tag teams. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Best Friends and... Uh, sorry, here. I'm just going to pull this up. Yeah, it was Best Friends and Private Party going up against The Hybrid 2, uh, also known as the Neon Scum Lords of Jack Evans and Angelico, um combined with the Lucha Brothers, which is like, and they showed themselves off as, hey, we're not really friends, but we're going to work together. And Hyper 2, we're naturally going to let the Lucha Bros do all the work and win. So that was fun. Got a match with uh, Britt Baker, Allie teaming up against Penelope Ford and Bea Priestley. Penelope Ford took the L to show off Britt Baker's new teeth submission thing. Yeah, I don't know about this weird submission, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we're going to get to that one because uh, I got some thoughts on that. But uh, Penelope Ford sold as close as she could to death, which is nice. And then you got a rematch of SCU versus uh, the Jurassic Express. And that was a really good match. And they put on another really good match and showed respect to one another afterwards. And a slightly different finish in which Scorpio Sky basically tried a new finisher with Frankie Kazarian. And sure. it looked freaking awesome you know get somebody in what looks like a best Meltzer ever position and then just give them a lung blower instead i'm into that that sounds yeah, great it, it was a it was like good way to kill marco stunt and uh so yeah they a couple good wins and i feel like that's the thing i really want to bring up here is it as they were promoting this program somebody did ask the young bucks hey is this going to factor into the wins and losses matter thing to try and fuck with, you know, their whole saying and everything that, because everybody wants to try and watch that thing go awry. And they, they sure said, no, do. everything here matters just the same, which is like, oh shit, 
they can't throw away matches if they're going to do that. So what they're probably going to do instead, I bet you, and here's my theory, this is where they're going to start hot-shotting those streaks so that they're not so obvious. This is where they're going to start maybe making the win-lose streaks, you know, helping wrestlers turn it around and hoping nobody notices until they're starting to feature them again. Makes sense. I mean, I I think it's... I wonder if this will also kind of function as like their version of Heat. I think it will, and I think this is probably better than any Heat I've ever seen because you're not throwing... The reality is, is other than right now Joey Janela and Brandon Cutler, you don't really have jobbers in AEW. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess you could call Penelope Ford a jobber as well, but at the same token, she's talented as fuck, so... It's, Where will I be able to watch just Joe have matches? Jimmy um, Havoc's kind of a jobber, unfortunately. Yeah, at this point, that's not wrong. Um, and just Joe, I, I don't know. I mean, NWA Power's got to find more people, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I just wanted to shout that. I don't really want to talk too much in detail about the matches or anything, other than to say I really hope they just put the exact same amount of effort they did and this show for AW Dark on YouTube of all things and just continue that on just just give me a control room and a couple matches make sure I see everything that wasn't on Dynamite and I'll be happy because it's fucking I mean, rad I mean they've they're doing tonight that that dark yep. match that lights out non-sanctioned Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela Match for AEW Dark. Like, I'm so stoked. I really fucking want to see that. And it's also interesting because it can't count for rankings. Any sort. It, and sanctioned. It was pretty funny, actually, now that you mentioned that. It was pretty funny this week seeing uh, when Moxley was, came out and his ratings, his rankings were zero, zero, zero. Exactly. He has not won or lost a match. It was unsanctioned. And I do appreciate that. Because I was wondering... He just, when, ki- he was, just killed a motherfucker, that's all. Yeah. They turned the lights off. Yeah, exactly. We'll get into this more a bit later, but I don't like Moxie's New Japan shorts. Oh. You're wrong, but you're, let's you're get wrong. into that now yeah, by say now. saying, Hey, AW Dynamite, they had their second episode this week. Oh my god. You both watched it. I watched... A bunch of it. I mean, I mostly watched NXT, but there was a point where I just basically was watching Dynamite. John. That show's real fucking good, guys. That first match. I basically had all my energy invested in that match. It I made actually, me whole. So... Sadly, I didn't see uh, all the first match because I the because I was watching the NXT champ- Cruiserweight Championship match. But mm-hmm. like the little bit that I did see during the commercial breaks and everything, that match was unreal. And also the fact that it had like no commercials for it. No, it was the first match was a goddamn banger because yeah, no ad breaks and they just went all out showing everything they had. Private Party and the Young Bucks and just. I think I would put it probably in my top three tag matches of the year. That was, one... It was really fucking good. So I hate to say this, but yeah, I wasn't, since I wasn't really paying attention and also haven't really been paying attention to them either, like, I don't know which one in Private Party is which, but the one with the coattails, when he did those, like, three fucking dives in a mm-hmm. row, 
That was incredible. Yeah, and that's Mark Quinn, by the way. That's that's Mark Quinn. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but no, he is he is an absolutely athletic amazement to me. He is just he makes every goddamn move he does look good. He does the kind of extensions that Darby Allen does as well on his moves that gives him like a flourish while also making himself look larger than goddamn life with stretching no, out. Like with those dives and just how he did like this the twirls and just like the throwing his limbs out there just, yeah. just make it look so good. Like yeah, yeah he, he looks unreal. Like yeah. and it's the kind of thing that works when it's like, hey, you look at that first suicide dive that he did, uh he comes up a little bit short, but it's fine. Yeah. Just the way that he sells it, it looks fine. Yeah, none of it looked bad. I, I, and this is not to sell Isaiah Cassidy short. That dude is a hard freaking worker. He makes, he is setting up so much stuff. Great technician for, you know, just, both of them are kind of like the Young Bucks in that they try and make everything they do make some sort of sense um, in the match, which is extraordinary. And just the two of them going at it, you don't even mind when the finish ends up being like a surprise roll-up victory because fuck it, they've both thrown everything out the window and that match was being dominated by Private Party near the end. So it was just in- incredible. I I don't think there's a part of that match where I wanted to look away at all. It wasn't boring, wasn't dreadful. It was tag- The tag team division AEW is so goddamn strong, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's mean, kind of frightening. They're making tag team wrestling the main event. Yeah, and it shows. It's like I I think any one of their top tag teams could steal the show on any given night. And Absolutely. Tonight they did. Definitely. Like I think that watching this match or like the little bit that I saw of this match, like I definitely feel like this is what Oscar was talking about last week. This was the big, exciting, crazy ass match that he wanted to start like AW Dynamite. And like yes. now yeah. that we got that, I see, oh okay, yeah, no. Yeah, no, this is more what they need to start up with all the time, because this this will guarantee that they get people sticking around for the rest. This is this is like starting with a cruiserweight match on, on Nitro. Oh, fuck yes, yeah. it is. It's like, look at these fucking assholes flying around, doing this crazy shit. What the hell is going on here? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to say this as well. Um... I think one thing that really helps is the fact that they both have really bright-colored ring gear. Yeah. So if I I'm just love channel private parties gear. Like, if yeah. I'm just channel flipping, holy shit, this neon pink and green dudes are just killing each other. I need to watch this. It also makes it a lot easier for me to sell to, like, Xbox, friends Xbox, stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think it's like, this is something I actually sell to people who haven't watched wrestling in ages. I could say, hey, just watch this first match. You don't have to watch anything after that. And they see a bunch of neon sequined and you know all the all this bright, vibrant colors, and they're doing these fucking amazing moves that you never saw back in the air to each other. Yeah, that'll get someone to stick around and watch for like the next segment or the segment after. And just all the bright colors in like the arena itself, like you know, yeah. just the way that they do all the different lighting and everything. Like it's just it's such a striking look. Like it doesn't look like any other wrestling I've seen before. No, it's it's amazing. Like, you, I was worried a little bit of the gray mat. It's like, oh, it's going to start looking like nitro a little bit. And no, it it kind of looks more modern. It, yeah, it's unique in such a cool way. So, 
but, but but also you know it's like it's like they're sure they're trying to look like nitro but they're looking like the good parts of nitro yes and it's like at that point i i also appreciate and not not to get off the tag matches too quickly but i also appreciate that the cooldown from such a hot opener was a fire jericho promo which yep. is what Here's i was also jericho saying to come out and be the ultimate it. fucking scumbag you mm-hmm. love it, and it turns out, yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, it's like that crowd, and it, I, I appreciate the fact that he's not trying so hard, you know, or going too much out of his way. He was going a little bit out of his way to try and get them to boo him. Like, he would find his moments to turn them at the right points. Mm-hmm. At least at least four of the inner circle P&P. Yeah. <laughs> Very damn. true. I mean, we know that about Swagger. <laughs> Remember yeah. that DWI. Yeah. Then, then you know what? All five of them PNP. Jake, well, there Jake, you go. Jake Hager looks like looks like the disgruntled or disappointed dad that drops you off to the orgy. He is the son. He is the walking embodiment of the son. I am disappoint meme. But remember, yeah. he did get a DWI because he had all of this weed in the car. But that's practically, like, where I'm from, that's legal. Yeah, that's kind of um, deregulated where I am these days, so, yeah, yeah. Well, aren't y'all lucky with your fucking modern drug laws and not shitty people like Andrew Cuomo that completely promise fucking legal weed because uh, Cynthia Nixon's threatening him and then don't deliver on it when they're finally, you know, get the fucking elected? John, let me tell you about Jeff Bezos. (laughs) He's a bad, bad man. My my day I, job tried to help him. My my entire existence is surrounded by his minions. Hooray! I, I just want to say <laughs> yeah. that every time I go out clubbing, at least I run into at least four people that look like Sammy Guevara. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was about to out. ask, is Chris Jericho the, the Jeff Bezos of AEW? Uh, yeah. He might be. Yeah, he totally is. And he, he he's done it all himself, totally, and he's just waiting for his thank you. Why are you all booing? I'm right. I, I don't know. But, yeah. You know so, what? I mean, heel, heel Chris Jericho is still cooler than Jeff Bezos. Here's the... I, I'm just going to call the one thing I really liked about Jericho's promo on... Yeah, I mean, also... Heel Jeff Bezos. Um, I, I really love the fact that Jericho... In like one line, shut down we the people from ever being chanted again, hopefully. Yep. So good. Yeah. Basically said, wait a minute, if you're chanting that, you're supporting all the bullshit writing we escaped from, you motherfuckers. You stupid idiots. You moronic morons. You foolish fools. To which they're like, oh, hey, yeah, he's right. <laughs> and it's like just the reaction is like, shit, we are idiots. Thank you. We will find something better to chant later on and probably won't still. But, you know, they tried. You're right. Now they're just going to chant nothing for Jake Hagar. <laughs> I don't know. And um, they're going to chant nothing for Sean Spears. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of on Sean Spears there. Well, I, actually, yeah. 10 is the amount of people left in the audience that still care about him. <laughs> oh, true. True. I mean, it, so that's another I thing that's kind of gotten him. me about all this. He's is, got Tully and the chair. 
He's, he's the, the chair. He's the chairman, but not the actual won. chairman. <laughs> he should have won it all out. He, he should have won it all out. I and agree. Furthermore, he won it all out. It, it, you've taken that whole gimmick of the chairman, then, and now, who gives a fuck about that? Because the revenge for the chair has been gotten, and now he's just the guy with Tully Blanchard by him. What is there left? Oh, he just jobbed to John Moxley. Well, of course he had to. What is left? What is left, I say? And there's a couple guys like that, I feel, are getting a little bit jobbed out. I don't know if it's just because they haven't found their characters yet, or how it's going to bounce back to them, or if it's going to bounce back for them. But I'm a little worried about them. Like, you know, Sean Spears, not looking so good. Adam Page, great worker in the ring. I'm waiting for them to turn on him. They already are. Yeah. I think they are a little bit. I, I think you're going to see a little more of that as uh, he starts doing the same moves over and over again. And I will I will say this. When I went to Double or Nothing, leaving people were already like, I don't think Adam Page is ready to be the champion, and I hope AEW... I think it's going to be wrong if AEW potshots him. Yeah, this was coming out of the first show. People were already getting tired of Adam Page. Exactly. That's, that's a great point. And, and, and where he's... I think you said it when our pre-show comments, he's going to be like the next, the Roman Reigns of AEW, which I don't think is necessarily fair because he's a little more talented than Roman Reigns, not to, you know, get on Roman Reigns too much, but it's true. And what what do you think they can do to avoid that? I feel like, I feel like they need to give him either a break, just give him some time away, or just... I, I feel like maybe if he worked with the mid-card a little more, or the people who aren't getting those chances, starts hot-shotting some rankings up himself, have a little bit of a fall. I would give him, honestly, pause everything, give him the Kenny Omega falling storyline and give Kenny Omega something else. I would give Adam I don't Page... Know, I kind of I kind of love what they're doing with Kenny over on being the elite. Yeah, I, would give I mean, that might that actually happen. Yeah, Just, I agree. I would give him a storyline on yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. Give me a reason to care about Adam Page that doesn't require me to have watched Ring of Honor. True. That's a good point. I, I'd like something from him that isn't just cowboy shit. Because right now that guy has proven he cannot cut a good promo that I believe in. Also, like, also I will say this. Adam Page should do a guillotine choke if he is the hangman. Well, you, you realize why wrong. he was called... Yeah, true. That'd be a good idea. Um, I really don't like the reason he's called Hangman anyways, which is in Dearborn, Michigan, he lynched a guy over the ropes. With a noose. Okay. I think it was... I don't think it was. It was one of the Motor City machine guns, I think. I mean, it was, it was, at least it was a white dude. It was definitely a white dude, and I still yelled, this is kind of problematic. And Awkward. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the ROH fans like me yelling that, so... It's a, it's okay, you know. Well, if the ROH fans don't like being questioned on their stuff, remember we want Fireman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. It's okay, the, the only real lynching goes on with Seth Rollins, and uh, Seth Rollins loves lynching. That's why he's dating Mrs. Lynch. Do I have to acknowledge this, uh, John? Do, do I have to acknowledge no. this joke here? No, you don't. Did you... I- hear this thing and apparently Seth like there's video out there of like 
Seth Rollins was being heckled by this dude at Hell in a Cell, and, like, the referee had to, like, fucking stop him from fucking fighting with the dude. No shit, are you kidding me? All because, and the dude, the dude had a sign that said, and I quote, Seth Rollins is not cool. <laughs> okay. That's why, that's apparently why Seth had that hashtag, Seth Rollins is not cool, in that weird tweet that he made about <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Wow, okay, so... <sighs> He is losing his damn mind. Speaking of Hell in a Cell, I loved all the subtle digs AEW was doing at Hell in a Cell tonight. Yeah, they were they were on some rude ass shit. I gotta say. Yeah, but you know Aubrey Edwards, she doesn't stop the match or for anything prematurely. She just lets it go. She's you know a fair individual. She wants to make sure we get a result and that we actually you know I, I don't know we we don't want to go overboard and disqualify someone. Yeah, we yeah. just want to make sure that there's actually a finish. We want to make sure that, you know, the referee isn't just going to stop the match before checking on the well-being of the combatants. And that everyone goes home happy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I totally expected the audience lighting to go red once. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine the kind of shit that would cause? Actually, it wouldn't be. They'd all laugh. Yeah, it's, everybody. It's but, but also, I feel like AEW might be too new to be taking those kind of pot shots. Yeah, no, that's a being that's a being the elite thing. That is totally yeah. being the elite, and they they kind of did that with the segment of being the elite uh, last week with a completely red shot of the young bucks talking about merch and that sort of thing. That was so weird. I mean, it was weird. You, you know what else is weird? What's that? AEW's women's division. Ooh. Yeah, let's talk about that tag match, because that was kind of weak sauce. It was, it, it was one of the three best tag matches I've seen of the year. No, I'm not. No, it's like, my dude, you might not, and I'd say best three, because it's number three, by the way, the uh, private party young bucks. But yeah. I will say, yeah. this is when I started to tune back into the show after kind of like losing interest in NXT, and I started drifting back into NXT, admittedly. Yeah. I, the women... I, I made a croissant during this match. Like, I hate it because the women are very capable of being more than just piss breaks. We know this. And there are a lot of very talented women's wrestlers out there, and some of them very much in AEW. And yet I can tell that every single person in the ring is trying so fucking hard. Yes. Emi Sakura tried her best to make something of this, but her style just does not work with Britt Baker, and it does and Riho is just too goddamn soft in everything she does. Even if she throws her hardest strike, it looks like it lands like a harsh pillow. I hate to say it, but like I feel like watching Riho, I finally understand the people, the complaints that people had about like AJ Lee and Sasha Banks over the years, of, yeah. or like and Alexa too. Of just like you look too small and like nothing to be a wrestler. Like you just don't look like your hits actually like hurt. Um, you know, I think there's an irony if you go back and listen to our Double or Nothing episode when we were raving about how great the women's match, the Joshi match was. Well, I think the different thing there was that we had some really good strikers in that match. I'm going to say, uh, oh God, why am I? Hikaru Shida was, is someone that once she finally moves over to America, she will be somebody who can represent that whole division. The problem is, is that she's not there right now. She's still in Japan, finishing up her uh, obligations, and so the only. But, uh, but I, I think the irony is that we were saying 
at the time, it's like, you know, definitely I think one of the things that AEW is going to have that no one else has is mm-hmm. they're going to have this killer women's division full of Joshis. Yeah, and the problem is is that it does have some Joshis, but Joshi doesn't work well with any other style. Yeah, like it works I, I just, Joshi. I feel like the Joshi thing, like that's the problem here is that like that Joshi match at Double or Nothing was really good because it was all Joshi wrestlers. Like it seems like the Joshi wrestlers aren't really blending very well with like the you know with the standard you know kind of like American style wrestlers that they have uh, in the rest of the division. Like it, it seems like to me you know it's a difference between something like that and NXT where it's like yeah obviously NXT has its own share of Joshi wrestlers but like. They've gotten them to adapt to the house style more than I think, yeah. you know, whereas AEW's whole thing is literally, you know, play your own music. Like, they're not going to make them adapt as much. And yeah, it's like, just, I, you're seeing kind of an incongruity. NXT, they made fucking Io Shirai, who was great. They made Asuka yep. awesome in NXT. And, um, and I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's maybe, and I don't want to put blame on anybody here, but I'm going to, and say I think Kenny isn't really leaning into the same kind of style of retraining him to work with the... And I know it's it, they're trying to do their own style, but they need to still adapt to some sort of American style where we can have a believability that they can actually hurt somebody with strikes if they're going to throw them. And you get someone like Finley on NXT, or anybody else who's worked in NXT, and they can make that believable. They can help work with them and make it believable. Here... They are going to have to do more like Rey Mysterio not throwing punches type stuff for it to be any bit believable. And you got a Riho there jumping on people's chests like it's hop on pop. Also, I'm going to just throw it out there. They fucked up because they don't have the the best of the Joshis, the magic anime girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah, Where's you at? <sighs> yeah, we got to get... I, I need my... I can fly. Back. She, she refuses to come back until they get her real music. They better get her proper goddamn Gabricore music back because she is she. That puts a smile on my face all the time. She's amazing. She's my magical Ridge Racer girl. Goddamn it, bring her back. Oh my god, you're right. She is Reiko. And and not just that, but like that. Her theme music is just that Gabricore shit. You know, go listen to Rotterdam Nation again and tell me that that's not Yuka Sakazaki. It is. No, it yeah. definitely is. And But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're at a point where they're going to have to start deciding what is our women's division and who's going to start repping it. And I feel like it, if any of the three divisions they've got right now, it's the one that's struggling the most. This is where AEW really needs to partner up with other companies. Yeah. Uh impact i hate yep. to say it we need your help you got to kneel yeah no it's true you know, and, and you know what let let i think a partnership with impact would be good for both companies oh god yeah i mean i'm i mean impact could use the help themselves for real no idea what you're talking about i mean they have this great new television network <laughs> I could really use the help for real. It's a really good deal, but still, we could use maybe some stars from TNT. <laughs> like, like I mean, on you know, do what fucking New Japan did with Impact and send people that you're trying to develop over there. And <laughs> that went really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I 
don't know if you've actually seen Okada over there or not. Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, they were not treated very well. They made friends over there behind the scenes. That's the reason Young Bucks move over New Japan because they became quick friends with Okada. But um, yeah, when Okada debuted in like Impact, he was like generic Japan man with Japan music doing Japan things and bowing. And okay. we know that that ain't fucking Okada. Okay, and then he became fine. Kato, right? Oh god, I I don't even remember. I I've only seen one thing, and I was like, nope, that's it. It, I'm was, done. it was either Okada or or Nakamura that they basically gave a, a Kato from Green Hornet gimmick. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, probably Okada. Yeah. Okay, fine, but send someone like Sean Spears to Impact because. He would benefit way more from being there than he is in AEW right now. Not wrong there. I mean, he had a match against Jon Moxley. Which he didn't look that good in. He did get his ass fucking handed to him. Yeah, it looked real bad, and it was a match that completely favored Moxley's style. So, I I, I agree to an extent, but it's like... I I don't know. I almost think... I almost think that... AEW needs to take some people who need a little bit of polish, send them down to some indies that they're friends with, and let them start working some independent events again. Like, less of this, like, oh, they're staying away from the indies for good, they're going to be on Wednesdays only. No, just fucking send some people to Defy. Send some people over to House of Glory. Send some people anywhere that you can fucking send them to to develop and see if they can work with a small crowd like that. Get themselves over, find some new stuff. Who are the people that right now you think are in most dire need of of this? Nyla Rose could use some development. Mm. I think Nyla Rose needs some more in-ring development. Also, if also, probably needs social media lessons. Maybe in that regard, yeah. I mean, she's kind of Kenny Omegging it a little bit with uh, some of her comments. Um... I would say, God, I would definitely send Sean Spears, as we were talking about. I feel like I, we haven't seen enough of him, so maybe he's going to prove me wrong, but I don't know what Kip Sabian's going to do when he starts getting his matches. Just gonna, uh, just going to say Kip Sabian. Sunny Kiss, maybe? Sunny Kiss, I feel like he needs to go somewhere other than 3 to one Battle or some funny place like Chikara or one of those. Or capital. And, yeah. Go somewhere sort of more normal and try and work a more normal style. See if you can get the crowd with you there. And, and not to say, oh, yeah, you can't ever be funny or you're silly. Totally. Sunny kids can be silly, but like, just make sure that you're believable when you don't need, or you can't be silly when you have to actually win the big match. Send Sunny Kiss to Southern Wrestling so that he can learn to get over with that crowd. Oh, look, I... That I don't just want... sounds... <laughs> That's... Yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm just going to say, I don't want wrestlers to die. Unless they're uh, Darby Allen and he does it to himself. Yeah, and it's like, he's... Yeah, I, I've seen what Seattle does to him. He's, he's a madman. He's got a... That coffin drop, man. Here's the thing with Darby Allen, and let's let's focus on him a little bit because I think he's one of the few people who's really making this whole situation work for him. Finally, oh no, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah, 
That dude has gone on record and said that his whole idea of his moveset is that he throws his whole body into it because he doesn't care about whether he makes it out. He just wants to make sure that whatever he does hurts his opponent. His style is evident, and it is unique, and it is amazing. And Darby Allen's going to have a career for like two years. Maybe. And Possible. you know what? Is, is that wrong? Like, a two years to shine. The thing is, is that I do... My fear is that Darby Allen's going to get injured really bad and have his career cut short. And my fear is that Darby Allen, he's young, he's got a good look that appeals to like that new generation. Very interesting moveset. The guy could be a huge star if AEW stays a big deal. It's true. Yeah. But the thing is, is he going to be a big star if he's just trying to protect himself at all times or if he's doing his moveset? But and the, I think it, the look alone mm-hmm. and the story, yeah, he can tone the moveset down and still do it, but you know, you don't have to fucking like throw yourself onto metal ramps all the time. and Maybe not, but it makes him look sick as fuck, I will say that. Oh, I agree, but it also probably runs into the problem of overexposure. Could be, but... He gets a good run now, probably drops down and starts feuding with somebody in the mid-cards. I don't know. I mean, you could always put up against MJF real easily, because that's a difference of styles and personalities. And God, I would love to see that. Yeah, exactly. And then you just get into something like, I don't know, another title run, another maybe a tag run with somebody. or There's so much you could do with him, so much potential out there that he has not turned... There's not doors he's closed with his style yet, so... Hear me out. I, yeah. Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy, two men that don't care for wildly different reasons. You know? I could be convinced of this, but also I think we need to see Orange Cassidy in actual action first before we do anything with that. That yes. said, I did really appreciate his appearance tonight. Yes, his appearance tonight was magical. He He is being used perfectly well right now. Just appearing out of nowhere, giving the lazy ass thumbs up, and that's the all we need from him. The crowd just is excited. Yep, exactly. The crowd is popped every time he's shown up. So, there. I I fear for Orange Cassidy though. Once it's like, there are gonna be people that don't get it once he's in the ring. Oh no, there are people who currently are fuming still over his stuff, and they're not named Jim Cornette. There's other people who really don't get anything he is because it's like, this man isn't even trying. He's not even doing the good moves or and he just, it's like, and he's just acting lazy. So we got a lazy worker gimmick. Great. And he's capable of so much more of that. It's just, he got over by looking lazy. Thanks, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, God. It's just, I think... He's going to need to get that chance to shine and show that he's more than that. He's more than a comedy wrestler, but they don't need to do anything more with him yet. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, yeah. Look, they got time. He's not going anywhere. Him just mm-hmm. sitting on the sidelines giving his lazy thumbs up while like his friends acknowledge him. That's good enough. That's what mm-hmm. people want right now. Again, look at that interview that he did on Being the Elite. It was hilarious. Yep. Yeah, he also did a really good interview on uh, Chris Van Vliet's channel. Uh, I will say it lasted about 53 seconds. Very good. 
All right, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yep, and uh, yeah, he's 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 a cool dude. Um, so yeah, I guess other than that, on Darby Allen fucking clotheslining somebody on a skateboard, basically. Oh my um, god, that end. That can, yeah, can we just talk about that ending of? I wanted to call it Nitro, Jesus Christ. I mean, it was pretty much a Nitro ending when you think about it. It, it was an Attitude Era ending again of everybody running in on everybody and causing was, yeah, just a mass was, brawl. Oh, God, now that the rest of the members of the NWO... Sorry, I mean the Inner Circle. Yep. And, what yeah, if, and then... What if they grow the Inner Circle every week? And it oh, becomes like the, the NWO. Yeah, you run the risk of NWO where there's just too many people in it. Uh, wait till they get to the Latino inner circle. <laughs> it's just the Lucha Brothers, and we don't know why they're there. Um, but yeah, no. It, it, so, Oscar, I, I do know you had issues with the ending and the possible faction warfare situation yeah. we've got going. And don't get me wrong, I love me some faction warfare. Mm-hmm. But you know what you need for faction warfare? Factions. Right now, there's only the inner circle and the elite, and I'm worried they're going to hotshot it and do it, and then there's going to be nothing left for the inner circle to do. Can I just say... Jericho's goons. Can I just say, though, that the existence of the inner circle, now it makes a lot of sense why Cody was saying in those interviews that he wants to buy war games back from WWE. Yeah, shit, you're not wrong. God, I would pay for war games. Surely... Surely they can do. Surely they can do a double cage match and just not call it War Games. It's the Casino Vault match. We lock two people in the Casino Vault. Every three minutes, another person enters the Casino Vault, and then it's locked for good. And then the match beyond begins. Wait, what? Sorry the 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 battle over there. <laughs> yeah, the battle in the vault. Beyond the vault. I don't know. Fuck. Beyond Thundervault. <laughs> Beyond Thundervault. The lethal entry. lockdown shit. No, no. Two teams Super Brawl Saturday? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but... Yeah, it, that would be really cool to see with this sort of thing. I can see... I could see something like that. God, I would want to see something like that. I mean, we all know... Why but, bother doing... Why bother doing faction warfare when you're never going to top gang wars? From 1997. Uh, uh, wow. I really love the gang warfares. I totally didn't just start watching Nitro exclusively around that point. Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Well, you know, look. One, we my, could... point, my point is, more wrestling companies should have race wars on TV. Wow, no, and also, no, I think we just need another faction or two. Did you not learn the lesson from reading that passage from that Chris Jericho memoir that I posted, Oscar? (laughs) Yeah, I don't see the problem with that. Vince Vince would have done that. (laughs) You're not wrong there. Yeah, Vince would have done that, but also, I I know, can't help rain fading. I love the racist Southern Sheriff character. Oh, Big Boss Man, yeah. You're not wrong! Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. Hard when time. He's a, when he's a heel, he's a evil, murderous, <laughs> vicious beat-at-you prison guard. 
When he's a baby face, he's an evil, murderous, vicious, beat you, be- prison guard. But he's nice sometimes. Look, I appreciate the fact that his appearances in the 2K games, they've, repl- they've changed his uniform subtly. So now he has an American flag on there instead of a Confederate flag. Yeah, that's probably for the right things. Yeah, reasons. that's the, good. The same way they changed Michael Hayes' gear so that instead of him wearing a giant Confederate flag... He's wearing a giant Confederate flag, but there's no blue on it. <laughs> so it's just the stars on a red background. Well, um... You know what would make this a lot easier? If they just didn't include Michael Hayes at all. Hey, that would, whatever. That'd be good. I like Michael Hayes. I like Michael Hayes the wrestler, not Michael Hayes the racist. I don't know if it's easy to separate the two. I, you know what? Bad Street USA is a banger, and that excuses all the why can't the children pray in schools. <laughs> I, I don't I'm know. If really, I can... I'm still really upset that that article is lost <laughs> to time. Yeah, I, I will just end this by saying, "A bab, all boss men are bad." Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, so, he so, stole so, that so coffin. It's fucked up. So, John, you know a yeah. lot about you know a lot about Michael Hayes's "Why Can't the Children Pray in School?" <laughs> I sure do. Gosh, <laughs> and you also know a lot about this week's NXT. <laughs> <laughs> you, you motherfucker, with that segue. <laughs> Why can't the Damien Priest pray in school? Who could pass down such a rule? (laughs) (laughs) What could it hurt for the NXT to pray? I mean, look, after this episode this week, I feel like they need to pray. Like, look, honestly, I don't even really have that much to say about NXT. It was a perfectly cromulent episode. It was decent, it was inoffensive, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But also, it is exactly what I we talked about last week that I was afraid about. They Last week, they booked a fucking takeover. They went all out for it, <laughs> and it was great, and it was, like, amazingly done. But the one thing we kept asking was, where do we go from here? Where do they go from here? And the answer is, I don't know. That... Sounds like NXT, just desperately hanging on, waiting for the next takeover. Yep. Do you think? Do you think the fact that their takeover show didn't beat AEW in the ratings, so they just figured, well, you know what? Let's just let's just cool down a bit because clearly, clearly, us throwing everything at the wall is not working. I mean, it's possible. Like, it's definitely possible that like there is just in a place where it's like, all right, well. We got to worry about making the best show that we possibly can. And, like, this week we just can't do it. We got to just, like, focus on some other things. But, like, even so, I feel like some of the problem is that, like, they're just continuing to book towards things that we've already seen before. Like, you know, hey, they had, like, and don't get me wrong, they did some really exciting stuff. And there were some very good matches. Like, for fuck's sake, uh, goddamn... Swerve means confidence. My, my boy, like, I, I keep wanting to call him Shane Strickland, even though he, I, I want to call not, him that, too, because that's a good name. It's a great name. Why the hell did they change you to Isaiah Scott? Yeah, no, it's like... Wait, that's is, Shane Strickland? That's yeah. Shane Strickland. Yeah, the guy who used to dominate and defy up here in Seattle. 
God damn. The guy who was the king shit asshole champion of uh, Evolve. Yeah. The guy Motherfucking who, kill shot from Lucha Underground. The guy who did all the mocap for the 2K games and his entrance is in the game. It's called Strickland. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Cool. Like, he yeah, mocapped sw- a lot of the legend <clears throat> entrances. Well, hey, swerve means confidence. Hell yeah. But, yeah, so that's got to be a banger of a match because he is a damn good wrestler. Yeah, and that's the thing. He and Rod- Roderick Strong fucking had a great match. Mm-hmm. It was really exciting, really fun. And, like, you know, yeah, of course, like, Strong was going to go over. He's the North American champion. But, like, yeah. but again, like, where does this go? Like, okay, you had just kind of a jobber match to put you over. And, yeah, you made... You made Isaiah Scott look great because, of course, you did. He's fucking Isaiah Scott. Of course, he's gonna yeah. look awesome. But and like, you're, yeah, you're Roderick Strong, so yeah, you're gonna make him look good. Yeah, and but where do you go from here other than just well, he's got his rematch with Velveteen. Like Velveteen Dream has his rematch for the title in two weeks again. Yeah. Hmm. That seems. What? Like, they're stretching for something. They don't know where they're going with anybody. I, I guess now, that's kind of my question in NXT. Like, NXT, and I know Triple H is trying to even say it otherwise, but it's always really been the developmental brand. Yeah. It's where people can poke at each other, kind of, you know, yeah, the cream of the crop will rise up, and then you you know just throw random people that have storylines, and there wasn't really a consideration of, oh, we need to build to something. It's more like, no, we're NXT. We'll just throw something together, and it'll be an awesome match, and you'll like it. Now that they're doing this kind of as a third brand, even though it's still technically developmental. And now that they have an extra hour to fill every single week. Yeah. And they don't get the benefit of pre-recording so that people don't get overexposed. Exactly. And now it's almost like they're getting caught flat-footed on, oh, shit, we didn't think about how much we had to start thinking about flowing these storylines around. So do you think... Do you think that um, this could be Vince looking at like, oh, well, Triple H doesn't really know how to run a wrestling show? I don't think that at all. I think it's more just like, honestly, I think it's just the problem of now Hunter is starting to see the problem of I have to book two hours live every week. I need to make sure that like everybody that I have is able to perform on a level where they will not like make a scene on live television that like we have to edit around and like really fix things because we can't do that anymore. And like, you know, there he's just like, all right. And plus, like, I have the pressure of like we want to look good in the face of this AEW shit. So like, they're ultimately having to do the thing that they've been doing on like fucking Raw and SmackDown to fill time of just like doing the same shit that you've seen before. And like, yeah, they can do that because like it's really good. But it's also like, hey. The main event next week is going to be Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic again. What? Yeah. Oh, and, and that's fuck. great. Like, th- that match is going to be awesome, yeah. but it's also the third time we've seen it in, like, a month. A month and a half. This is uh, weird for me to say, but I almost feel like NXT could benefit from a wins and losses matter situation so they would have excuses to throw more unique pairings at each other. Yeah. Because, again, yeah, it's, it all seems like it's all just building up to, like, 
the same stuff that we've seen before. Like, the two women's matches that we had this week, it was Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah, which, you know, because it's fucking Aaliyah, of course that was going to be basically a squash. So they're positioning Rhea to go after Shayna again, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in for that, but yeah. But you also just did that match and gave it a non-finish that, like, didn't make anyone happy. Yeah, I kind of want to see that match do well. I want to see Shayna drop the belt to somebody good, and I want to see her move on to new pastures because she's so much better than what she's been given of just going over everybody and squashing everybody. Like, seems to be the curse of everybody on the women's side of the roster in NXT. Yeah. Squash everybody, move up, and then lose everything. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, the other women's match this week was uh, Dakota Kai versus, oh god, who was it? Um, uh, Bianca Belair. And that was, like, an exciting match and really fun. But, again, like, these are both characters that have stories with Shayna. Although, like, you know, admittedly, Dakota, she got injured and then she was gone, like, you know, to NXT UK and all these other places. Like, they had that story where, like, she was basically really afraid of of Shayna and basically, like, ran away from her. So, like, you could totally build on that since it's been, like, the the, because Dakota was basically her first opponent after she won the the title. Like, so there's a lot that you could go from there. But instead, and while this, again, this was a really exciting match. This was a really fun match that I enjoyed a whole bunch. Bianca won. Bianca's already had a title feud with her. Yeah, so Bianca, who has been jobbed out a little too many times because the sake of protecting Shayna Baszler and her... And protecting, and, you know, building up Io. Yeah. For for that feud that she had with Shayna before she turned. Yeah. Jesus, they've really put themselves in some dead ends here. Yeah, it's like, where do you go from here? Like, why am I supposed to believe that these people are going to finally beat Shayna this time when, like, they failed all the other times? So here's my question for you to kind of echo the same question you had last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Does it feel like there's a war going on? Did Did NXT feel like they were responding to AEW or anything this week? No. In fact, I feel like NXT like had the opposite thing of just they said all right this week like look we tried to program well you know in in some sense i think that there is in the sense that like once again their main event which was really fucking good this week don't get me what wrong walter versus kushida that's a fucking banger yeah but like once again they had a 10 minute overrun they really didn't need that they could have just booked this show better to not have done that Mm-hmm. And yet, they're just trying to get the extra ratings for seemingly no reason other than just because they need to boost their numbers against AEW. So getting that extra, like, cutting into that extra hour will help them somewhat a little bit, maybe, I guess. But I, I do think that this week it didn't really feel like as much of a war. It kind of felt like they realized, oh, wait, trying to throw everything we have at AEW didn't really work. We should just focus on being the best show that we can be. But it also felt like... It felt like a classic NXT filler week. And that's a strange thing to have when you have two hours. And when you have started this so-called war with them by yep. throwing those two hours straight against them, where you could have just done the usual stuff and stayed at one hour and stayed in your own little zone away from the big monster of AEW. 
Yeah, because in, they just now have a bunch of dangling weird threads, like, you know, spending the episode showing, like, a bunch of old clips of Finn Balor's time in NXT because they need to build up the fact that he's back. They had, like, Ciampa come in and cut a promo in the ring on Adam Cole, which was fucking great, don't get me wrong. Right. But, like, it's also like, oh, okay, so I guess, like, Ciampa's just now back in the picture here. Yeah, and they've not really given him a direction yet other than, oh, going for a championship. Well, no shit, you're going for a championship. You're just going straight at it? Okay, nobody's stopping you. Wants, huh? He wants Goldie back. Oh, I guess now he's going to fight Angel Garza next week after some weird backstage thing that happened. I mean, that's better than just putting him in line and putting him in the fridge for a while, you know? Yep. Is is Chopper a heel still? Yes. No. Or no? No. Whoa. Wow. Shit. Okay. Like, he, he, he still acts the exact same way, like, but he hasn't, like, he hasn't attacked Adam Cole or anything. Okay, so it's more of a case where he's a heel, but the crowd is so loving his heel shtick that he's kind of turned into a, uh, a dark face, if you will. He's a Randy Orton, yes. Yeah. In his veins. Mm-hmm. In his veins, indeed. He is, uh. is, is, is Tommy Champs going to have a heated gamer moment? No, he's just, he sat in the ring in a chair and held his combat crutch. His crutch, <laughs> okay. is, now cam- his crutch is now Cambo. It's fucking awesome. Is he gonna I like t- that. Is he going to tell an underage girl to hit him up when she turns 18? No, instead he sat in the ring and said, hey, Goldie, daddy's home. Oh, and that's where they started a chant, didn't they? Yes, that's when they chanted daddy's home. Because it's fucking full sill. Yep. Fucking full sail chant anything if you say it right. Yep. Nice. That's pretty I, good. I, I Adam know, Cole was just, very upset about that, which I appreciated. It yeah. feels like, it, it almost feels though like, how did you fuck up such a perfect heel in Tommaso Ciampa? Again, he was that fucking guy. Literally, Owen would not allow me to say his name on the podcast, and I didn't even really want to. Yeah. It's like reverse Batman. You stay the heel long enough, you see yourself become a face. And that's, to go back to the AEW side for a second, that's kind of my problem coming up with MJF. They, I think, handled that pretty well at the ending there. Oh, I love MJF's ultimate baby face move. That was so great. Like, yeah, he's going to have to be a face because he's on that side, but at the same token... The inner circle trusts him enough to hand him a chair and hold Cody up and is like, you're going to do the turn now, right? Because you're going to do it eventually. We all know you're going <coughs> to. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. perfect. It's, it's again, just like, just like with the Sean Spears match. It's all playing on our expectation of, we know this is going to happen. This has to happen. So every time it goes, it's like, oh, shit, this is it, right? This is it. This is where it's going to be, right? And, oh, they got us again. Yep. I think they can keep playing that, and as long as... MJF continues to be a douche. I think he can hold on to the whole persona. I don't think he's going to become enough of a face. I think he's one of the rarities out there. We'll see, though. We will see. Because I don't think anybody can stay a heel forever now. Not in this day and age. No, absolutely not. Unless they're just actually a dick in real life. Yeah, like... Like, if Tommaso Ciampa is able to get cheered by the fucking full-sale, smarkiest crowd. Yeah. See, that's all, the, that's all WWE needed to do to get Roman Reigns over, was just put him in full-sale for six months. 
The, the, the no, dude Ooh, did come ah, back from and, a... And big dog at him. In fairness, dude did come back from, like, serious neck surgery that everybody said was potentially career-threatening in six months. Yeah. Yeah. That and... Also, I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say it. The reason Roman Reigns is experiencing a lot of the heat he's gotten is because if they had just turned him heel, he would have become a face anyways, because that's the way crowds work these days. Yep. Like, he's a heel! Oh my god, we love him! It's like, shit, that's all it took? Fuck. Yeah. I will, I will also say this. I think you totally can, even with a huge threatening injury, still come back successfully a heel. Just look at Randy Orton with his, like, Randy Orton hospital updates. And somehow managed to become more annoying when facing a career-threatening injury. Possibly, I. It's doable. I'm not, that, I'm, I'm not that high on Randy Orton when it comes to that stuff, but also I feel like I've probably missed out on a fair bit of that because I stopped watching WWE years ago. So you know. Yeah. But anyway, like WWE NXT this week, it had some okay moments. Like I said, yeah. you know that. That Roderick Strong match with with, with Swerve was great. Uh, I liked the promo that Dream cut afterwards, where uh, I guess it turns out Roderick Strong's like way into uh, into small penis humiliation, and Dream is his dom. Mm. Uh-huh. That was a thing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It was very confusing. Is Paul Heyman writing NXT now? Paul Heyman might be writing NXT, it turns out. And when Dream danced atop the ECW arena. Sorry. Who, Brizongo are construction workers now? Are they going through all are they just going through all the village people? I think so. <laughs> and are, then are, they got murdered by the Forgotten Sons, and I was pissed. Are, uh, are, Brizong, are Brizongo gonna show up as Native Americans one week? Probably. God damn This it. is still full sale. Where they can yeah. get away with that. I hate everything about this. I'm just looking forward to the Brizongo Leather Week. And then, like, the last thing that I will leave you with for NXT this week, which I think, like, perfectly sums up everything that we were saying here, is the first match of the show was the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match. For one, I cannot fucking get behind it being called the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. That's just crazy to me. It's it's so wrong on many levels. Is 205 Live going to become part of NXT now? 205 Live's dead. Let's just admit it. It's dead. Yeah, no. Like, the fact that it didn't happen last week tells me everything I need to know. It's dead. They're they're not bringing it back. It's sleepy, honey. It's just taking I mean, a nap over there. I mean, I'm mourning the loss of 205 Live. I haven't fucking watched 205 Live since fucking Enzo was on it. Exactly. It's dead. It's well, sleepy, guess honey. What? Drew Gulak gets to be the last champion of 205 Live. Also, now Drew Gulak is dead. Leah Rush is your cruiserweight champion. Fuck this shit. Whatever, I was never super into Drew Gulak. I, I cannot accept a no-selling ladder spot champion. Okay, Jimbo. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, it, the match was exciting and fun. Like, they, it started like it started off real crazy of, like, Leo just hitting, let's see, the, the four moves that he hit to, right to begin it. He drop-kicked uh, Gulak into the corner. Okay. Then he hit a standing Spanish fly on him. 
Okay. Gulak rolls to the outside. Dude, Leo does a suicide dive to him. Yep. Then Leo goes onto the ring apron, does an acai moonsault to the outside onto, onto Gulak. Okay. And it's just like the first minute and a half. I mean, Leo Rush can go. I've seen him have matches. Also, fuck that guy. What's wrong with Leo Rush? Eh, I just think he's kind of a... Uh... I don't know. I just not. I feel just, like I feel like Leo Rush lives the gimmick. Maybe that might be part of my problem with him. I just think he's just uninteresting in general, and maybe a little too full of himself. They should put him back with Lashley. No, I'm good. Yeah, you know, what actually, if, what if what if Leo Rush fucks Lana next week? Oh my God! Leave it for a bad show, please. Oscar, you're bringing us into the bad place. We we need to end before we go there. I, this I, is... Uh, Dad, Daddy, don't let me go to the dark place. No, no, we're, we're getting out of this. Look, we have... We're keeping it plural by saying, Hey, this has been episode two of Heal Alternative, a great show that we do over at ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. It's a website. Go to the website. Check it out. We also have a Patreon, a Patreon.cool. It's not, it's just, not cool. just cool. Fuck, you win. Go on, you win, Oscar. It's not cool. It's, Damn. For $5, well, for $1, you get the notes to this show and the notes to Heel Turn and a bunch of other stuff. For 5 bucks, you get other shows. For 10 bucks, you get even more shows. Give us money. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, I don't get any of this money. Well, neither do I. That's why I, we advertise Venmo. I am John. Yeah, Venmo. I am John. Actually, that's the real, the real Patreon. It's the if, real Patreon. If you send John ten bucks a month on Venmo, we'll record a podcast just for you. Sure. I won't. I mean, John might. I, I look. I, I ain't seen a cent of that shit. I'll give you. I'll give you the next chronicle in the Scott Steiner story. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> This podcast spells disaster for me. The numbers don't lie, and they spell that I've been your host, John Garrix Kim Axel, and you can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitter and Insta and all these great places at I am John GM, and of course on Twitch at video underscore shames. Where can we find you, Trace? You can find me at Twitter at PSEG, which, by the way, if you want to check out some fun stats before and after AEW, I do currently post a little snippets of my predictions based on ELO rating, which is kind of fucked up for me to do for AEW. I also afterwards post power rankings, which is a little less fucked up for me to do. We'll have more details on that stuff in full detail after full gear. It's kind of weird. Uh, can... It's kind of weird and... that an energy company is getting into power rankings for a wrestling show. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, they look. Got you. Got to got to sell the brand however you can. Look, they're trying to cut off NWA before they get much more powerful. Yeah, look, like they're one, they're cutting into their branding with that name. There, you saw it. If you hold the R key down for any more seconds, we're gonna have a real problem getting this through the system. I you can't hope, keep holding down this R key. It's gonna turn on sticky keys. I just hope. <laughs> I just hope they add more R's every week. Power 69. Let's go. Also, where can can we find you? Uh, Oh, sorry. You didn't finish, Trace. I didn't finish. Twitch.tv slash peaceegg. Mixer.com slash peaceegg. I play shit occasionally. Oscar, go on, please. 
You can find me on Twitter at Osaka the Great, Instagram at Osaka the Great, TikTok at Osaka the Great. If you look up Osaka the Great on any social media site, odds are it's me. Hooray! I don't know. I don't got anything else. I got an Instagram on the war omelet. Killer Cross. He 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 liked one of my my, my photos, and he he said it was good, and then he. He started sending me DMs, and uh, I'm afraid I've got some uh, pictures out there that I cannot talk about any longer. Well, that's what happens when it goes down in the DMs, which we find out every single week here on the greatest podcast ever made, probably, according to someone, I don't know who. We'll figure it out. It's been Heal Alternative, episode two. Until next Wednesday. That's That's life. life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 